0: This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app.
1: You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners.
2: So I got a question for y'all. By the way, good afternoon. This is... Gameplay we are gonna try our best on the show to bring you some light, some joy. It is another miserable day. What the hell's going on in Southern Ontario? We've had like four days of of sun and beyond that every other day it's gray, it's windy, it's foggy. Eh, today it, it, it stinks by the way I should mentioned that uh, we are brought to you by FanDuel better on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app but I have a question for everyone listening right now and you can text us at 105050 or you can tweet me at mcause 56 because I just put out a poll is Pizza Hut different than all other pizzas in terms of style, taste, look uh, composure however you see fit Like, and I, I, I am a fan of all types I'm not a pizza snob, I love pizza pizza I'm good with it. Pizza Nova, great. Um, Domino's, f- uh, lovely, awesome, fantastic. But if you put a slice of all three of those in front of me, I might not be able to tell which is which. But you get Pizza Hut, and I'm going to know right away. You can Pizza Hut can be a mile away. It can be coming over, uh, you know, over the horizon, and I can spot it a mile away. You know, you know, like 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 uh, old timey sailors on the East Coast, and there's like storms coming, boy, and it's like a calm, clear day, but they know. And then four hours later, you got a hurricane hitting your hull. That's how I feel, Josh, when it comes with Pizza Hut versus. All the other types of fast food chain pizza joints.
1: It's, you, can't, you can't even compare to other pizzas around. It's like yeah. Pizza Hut's the one you walk by. Mm-hmm. You can smell it in the room. Yes. Like, that's Pizza Hut. Yes. okay. The, the- crust is totally different than oh, yeah. everywhere else. Totally different. The bundles. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong with the bundles. It's like you can order, like, three pizzas. Yeah. A chocolate pizza. Jesus. <laughs> wings. Yeah. And d- breadsticks for, like... 25 bucks. And, and, and you don't get that anywhere else. And
2: that's it for a week. It's like, I don't need to go to the grocery store. Food inflation? What food inflation? I just ordered
1: the hut. It's Me, so odd how you can just pick it out. Yeah. Like, oh, the boys are having pizza in the hut tonight. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, oh you can I tell. expected that.
2: Yes, and the reason we're doing this, let's play the sound. Here is uh, the Eagles head coach. It's uh, Eagles-Giants, one of the four matchups that we're going to be talking about all um, today and uh, tomorrow's show. And I think, what is it, the Eagles favored by, is it 8.5? I've got, I got to take a look back at my notes. It's either 7.5 or 8.5. But here's uh, Nick Sirianni talking about the
1: hut.
0: Uh, yeah, Scott uh, Kanicky guys. I want. I was like kind of craving a uh,
1: Pizza Hut stuffed crust pizza, which is I haven't had that in a while. That's, that's not something I get to get at home. Um, so we had that. Um, it was in the offensive staff room. Um, uh, yeah, I won't get into that. Howard. Uh, competitive
0: advantage. <laughs> yeah, the
1: competitive advantage.
2: And that's the thing is when you crave the Hut... It's got to be Pizza Hut. Like, it can't be, I crave Pizza Hut, and someone says, well, there's none near us, but there's a Domino's. So it's like, no offense to Domino's, but I'm in the mood for Pizza Hut. If I'm in the mood for Domino's, and someone says, well, we got Pizza Nova, I'm like, fine,
1: let's do it. That was so blatant that they wanted Pizza Hut that night. Yeah. They oh, were yeah. Sitting, watching. Yes. Vikings-Giants. Yeah. Analyzing the game. hmm the thought of Pizza Hut came up in the conversation, and it totally changed everything enough to talk about it in a presser. Yeah. And <laughs> how Pizza Hut trumps every pizza he's had. And it was a craving. So text the show at 105050. 50. This is not about
2: liking one versus the other. This is about how different is the hut versus everyone else. Kevin writes in, their stuffed crust has yet to be replicated. It's unique. Kevin, you are 100% right. Dan from Georgetown is texting in and I will not read your text on air. Uh, because I do not know if um if what you're saying is a compliment or a criticism. Uh so when in doubt, I'm going to just um, you know, I'm just going to I'm going to move on. Uh, it's, it's a preview day today on Gameplay. You, you got Leafs and Winnipeg. You got Raptors, Minnesota. We're getting close to the divisional round of uh, of the playoffs. Also, today's a very interesting anniversary in the NFL. But let's get to my opening thought.
1: Time now for Matt's opening thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your
0: concentration? And here
1: I mean, it's really nothing more than a self-absorbed monologue, a chance for Matt to rant about something and pretend he's a serious radio personality instead of a gas bag. Let's face it, he stole this idea from Dennis Miller. No, I don't want to get off on a rant here. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not
2: going to take this anymore! Hello there, Toronto Raptor fans. I know you're down right now. I don't blame you. So am I. We came into this year with such high hopes, didn't we? I had the over on FanDuel of 46.5 wins. The Raptors are going to have to go 27-10 and 10 the rest of the way for me to cash in that bet. Now the odds of the team winning their division is 390-1. I don't recommend placing that bet. But it could be worse. And I was thinking about this. It's weird. Um, like last night, as I was going to bed... I suddenly had a vision of Johnny Flynn, and I'll get to that in a second. But it could be a lot worse if, you are, uh, if, you, if you're a basketball fan. If you're a Raptor fan right now, it stinks. But imagine, imagine being a fan of the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're the team that the Raptors are playing tonight. A game you can listen to right here on TSN 1050. Normally, I don't think about the Timberwolves on a day-to-day basis, but they're on my mind because the Raptors are taking them on. And you see, there are different levels of pain being a sports fan. It ranges from, ah, we're having a bad season. There's, oh, no, we've got the bad coach. That stinks. There's a higher level, the pain of having a bad general manager. I'm a Giants fan. I went through Dave Gettleman. Then there's maybe the highest level, Having a bad owner. Imagine being a fan of the Knicks. Imagine being a fan of the Washington Commanders. Maybe there's the only thing, maybe worse than having a bad owner is when you have historic pain, decades of not winning. And yes, Lee fans, I am talking to you. I'm not subtweeting you. I'm talking to you. But you see, there's another form of sports pain that while it might not hit the same level of wait a minute, we haven't won a championship since 1967. There is this other form of sports pain that really stinks and is way up there. It's the, our team made the worst trade in our respective sports history. And that's what Minnesota Timberwolves fans are staring at. Let me jog your memory. Last year, Minnesota, they make the playoffs for the first time in four years, and the team decides we're going to go all in. Even though they, they finished seventh last year, they lost in six in the first round, but they're like, no, time to mortgage the future for the present. Minnesota traded unprotected first rounders in 2023, 25, 27, an unprotected draft swap in 2026, and a top five protected pick in 2029. Holy lord, but it gets worse. They also gave up players like Walter Kessler, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. Now, let's start with the players. Of those three, Kessler already looks like he can, be, he can be a starter. Now, you might not know this unless you're in a deep fantasy league or you're my producer, Josh, or you watch NBA League Pass every night. But on Monday, this fella, Kessler, who was like a low-round draft pick a couple years ago, he had 21 points and 20 rebounds, four assists, and blocked a pair of shots. Well, so what? Well, he did it on the night where the Utah Jazz beat the Minnesota Timberwolves they were the team involved in the deal that sent Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz to the Minnesota Timberwolves the Minnesota gave up five first round picks they gave up all the players and one of the players put up a 20-20 we haven't seen a rookie do that since 2014 also this player is 21 years old rudy gobert is 30 the deal almost looks bad from just a player to player analysis, but now throwing all those picks. All those picks, one or two of them could end up being top fivers easy. It could give Utah the sort of players that championship teams are built around. Let me put it in perspective, Minnesota. Minnesota, by acquiring thirty year old Rudy Gobert, they have two first round picks from now until two thousand twenty nine. This trade between Utah and Minnesota, it's the reason why Kevin Durant didn't leave Brooklyn. Because no team could match. And why? Because Utah, if Utah could get what they got for trading Rudy Gobert, then imagine the haul you could get for Kevin Durant. That trade is so bad, Kevin Durant couldn't leave Brooklyn and he wanted out of Brooklyn so much, he told Brooklyn, fire your coach and your GM. Now, by the way, the worst part, getting back to Minnesota fans, which is the point of this whole opening thought, is the worst part, if you're a Timberwolves fan, is the shrapnel that you take every time there is another grumpy superstar who wants out. Suddenly, we all hear about, well, you can't trade that superstar. Oh, the draft picks require to get this star. And then suddenly, what are we talking about? We're talking about Rudy Gobert getting traded from Utah to Minnesota. Also, listen to this highlight. Imagine, imagine, you're just, you're watching TNT, do 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 and they're doing their highlights from one of your games, and then Charles Barkley says this.
3: Uh, the Timberwolves, Timberwolves made the worst trade in NBA history. Oh. The
2: Timberwolves. Anthony Edwards. That was so stupid, that trade. <laughs> I love it. They're trying to get back on track. Anthony Edwards. No, no, no. That trade was so... St- oh, no, I, I can't do Barkley. My Barkley just sounds like Shaq. Um, well, it's terrible. Ter- ter- no, can't do it. Anyway, moving on. Um, and by the way, that highlight, that was back when Utah beat Minnesota on Monday, 126-125, where Kessler, who was part of the trade, head to 2020. Oh, my God, what a bad night if you are a Timberwolves fan. Do you feel better, Raptors? And to make matters worse, the Jazz who we all thought were tanking for Victor Wembanyama? Again, I bet the under on FanDuel uh, uh, on the under there. The Jazz have a better record than Minnesota. The team that gave up all their assets to get Rudy Gobert. That team has a worse record than Utah. And to make matters even worse... Rudy Gobert's averaging his fewest points since 2016, his fewest rebounds since 2018, his fewest blocks and assists since his rookie year. To make matters even more worse, Minnesota's defense, which is why they brought in Rudy, is actually worse this year than last year. Now, let me put that in perspective for Toronto sports fans who maybe don't follow the Utah Jazz or the Minnesota Timberwolves. I don't blame you. This deal that happened is worse than Kadri going to Colorado. Hell, this deal is worse than Tuka Rask for Andrew Raycroft. It's worse than Vince Carter going to the Nets for a whole bunch of players you never heard of before and Alonzo Mourning. This deal is worse and more painful when the Jays traded Michael Young to the Rangers for Esteban Luisa. That's how far back I'm going. Now throw in with Minnesota. They had one of the greatest draft mistakes. Right up there with the Sacramento Kings saying, um... Uh, There's Luka Doncic. Yeah, we're good with Marvin Bagley. We'll take Marvin Bagley. Do you remember in 2009, the Timberwolves passed on Steph Curry not once, but twice in the same draft? Now, what makes this worse was it wasn't because of positional need. Yes, the Houston Rockets passed on Michael Jordan, but they needed a center. They drafted Hakeem Olajuwon. Minnesota, with Steph Curry there, drafted two point guards. Ricky Rubio, who's had a good career, and Johnny Flynn. Both point guards instead of Steph. So yes, in conclusion, right now is a tough time for us Raptor fans, but it could be far worse. You could be a fan of a team with the worst trade possibly ever in the sport and the greatest draft mistake in the last 30 years and that is my opening thought i'm finished how high does that rank there uh, josh the like if we're going to do the sports painometer I think um, knowing that your organization might have had the worst trade ever, that's far higher than having a bad coach, having a bad season, maybe even having a bad GM. I think it's somewhere with having a bad owner. It's,
1: it's a bit of an L. That is a tough <laughs> bunch of problems Oof. for the Timberwolves. Because, yes, Stephen Curry in, throughout his college career wasn't known enough to what, I guess, Flynn and Rubio were to them. I uh-huh. guess there was a reason that the Timberwolves sided with those two picks. There must have been a background, I guess, trial. They were
2: the only one. I, okay, I remember, because uh, it was like 15 years ago, 14 years ago, the 2009 draft. At the moment, everyone was confused. Like, Steph Curry um, at Davidson, the only thing that held him back, he was a little bit small, and that was really before the full three-point explosion took place. And why did it take place? Because of Steph Curry. <laughs> but they took two, two-point guards instead of Steph. They traded You can't
1: even make that case.
2: No, they traded all their draft capital for and I'm not the uh, the Rudy Gobert hater as a lot of people are, but he's 30 and your team Yes, you made the playoffs. You're a 7 seed. You know, it's the one thing I'm glad with the Raptors. They're not trying to go all in. They're, they're, they're a smart franchise. Like, there's one thing great about being a Raptors fan. As much as it stinks, at least we've got Messiah Gere. we got Nick Nurse. No coach, no GM is ever perfect. I can show you mistakes made by Danny Ainge. I can show you mistakes made by Daryl Morey. Um, all the great ones. Phil Jackson. But holy lord. It, I, 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 don't, I can't think of a worse team to be a fan of than a Timberwolves fan.
1: The playoff droughts. Ugh. The terrible records. Yeah. There. There's no roster movement. They stick with the same players, and even when they made the playoffs, got ousted super quick. Mm-hmm. Another poll question: mm. Is this really the worst trade in the last thirty years in the NBA? Because we've seen some really bad trades. Yeah, but like the Kobe Bryant deal. But that's just
2: money. Oh, oh, the Charlotte when they when, when they, when, yeah. they swap pits. when they swap them. That's bad.
1: The Houston Rockets trading James Harden. They had no choice. Harden put a gun to their head. He did, but the the return and then shipping them all out? The return always
2: stinks. The return always stinks. Just ask ask the Raptors, you know, the the trade of Vince Carter. By the way, I like this. Um, Thorns in Calgary writes in, Pizza Hut craving is a real thing. Domino's is the go-to for me. But like you said, when the Hut is calling, you answer, brother. And that's the thing. Pizza Hut is not my favorite. But when you have a craving for Pizza Hut,
1: no other pizza franchise will do. It's got to be the Hut. It's like, if I'm going out with my friends, yeah. is that the number one option? Is mm-hmm. that the number one choice? No. I, I'm i not sure I'm picking Pizza Hut as the, hey, let's let's eat that tonight. Yeah. But if someone's offering it, and willing to pay and willing to throw it out there. I'm oh, I'm, I'm down. down. I'm down. I'm just it's so distinct. Yes, I'm just saying. When I'm down, when I
2: feel like Domino's and someone says pizza, 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 great. When I'm feeling like Pizza Hut and someone says Domino's, I'm like, nope, we're moving on to chicken. All right, on the other side of the show, we will. Uh, you know what? There's there's one really funny piece of audio we got to play. Um, But we're going to do next. Oh, we got a part one NFL picks and props. We're going to be doing a Saturday and a Sunday version coming up next Saturday's divisional playoffs. We preview them next.
1: This is gameplay on TSN 1050.
0: You play to win the game. Embrace the odds. I want winners.
2: Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I am your host, Matthew Cause. Dave Volter is going to join us from inside the Maple Leafs. We'll get just head for Leafs and the Winnipeg Jets. Lilligren with Riley. Rasmus Sandin is back. He's on the third line with Ben. So we will get into that in a moment. But we're going to do this twice uh, on the show today. We'll start with Saturday. It's time for Gameplay's Picks and
1: Props. Gameplay's 2023 NFL Playoff Picks for this weekend.
2: It was worth the wait. That two-second uncomfortable silence was 100% worth the wait. All right. What's our first game sound, fella? Jags versus Chiefs. All right. So what we're going to do is I'm going to give my pick. I'm going to tell you why. Then, producer Josh is going to give you a prop bet to do with it. That's why it's called Picks and Props. Get it? Um, I am going to take the Jaguars on the road to cover... The eight-and-a-half point spread against Kansas City. couple things here. Jacksonville, they're not going to be intimidated if they're down. They're down 27-0. Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions. He's like, bleep it. I'm still going to throw. And they got good enough targets. Kansas City, beyond Chris Jones, their defense is good. It's certainly not great. Doug Peterson is at least as good a coach as Andy Reid. And Casey went 7-10 against the spread. This is not a team that likes to cover. This is a team that likes to make you lose money. So, I'm going to go with Jacksonville. Josh, what do you got?
1: Very tricky pick. Not many people know. are going to agree with you on that.
2: I don't know. No one wants to because we all want a better patch of Mahomes. I get it. I'm I get not, it. I'm
1: not sure. The Jaguars are a good Cinderella story, so I am not going to decline your offer. I'm going to go on the other side. I'm going to go with some KC receiver props. Juju Smith Schuster, uh-huh. over 51 and a half receiving yards on FanDuel. McCole Hardman, going through some bad injury problems. Also,
2: McCole Hardman, even when he's not going through bad injury problems, sucks. McCole Hardman sucks. He's a horrible receiver, and I'm not saying this because I had him on my fantasy team the last two years. But when you're playing with Holy Patrick fam. Holmes,
1: you look pretty good.
2: Yeah. No, I like the Sh- Juju Smith-Schuster one. Yeah.
1: Over-under in this game on FanDuel, it's been fluctuating, but set at 52-and-a-half. So you know what that means? Mm. High-scoring matchup. Yeah. Chiefs have thrown for over 5,000 passing yards this season. Best in the NFL. Yeah. Jaguars have allowed the fifth-worst passing yards in the NFL. It's been up and down for Juju Smith-Schuster this season. In the last matchup. Before he got injured in the first half from that Andre Sisko. Terrible hit. Knocked him out. Yep. He had two recessions for 33 receiving yards. So expect the ball to fly in KC in Juju's way. Over 51 and a
2: half. Also keep an eye on the Kelsey bets. I bet that number obviously way higher. Jags, one of the worst teams in the NFL, defending the tight end. All right. We don't have just one. We've got two games on Saturday. I'm trying to make that sound like it's a big deal, but we always do. Uh, anyway, what's the next game there, Producer Josh? <laughs>
1: Giants versus Eagles.
2: I've learned to love again, okay? I went through the whole year hating the Giants. I've hated the Giants since the moment... you Oh, I'm back. Oh, I am back. Better I've, than ever. Ugh, I've hated the Giants since the moment Odell Beckham Jr. was on a boat in Miami. But I am back on board. The Giants are a seven and a half point underdog. And it's the seven and a half is why I am taking New York to at least cover the spread. The Giants got killed back in week 14 against Philly, but since The Giants' defense has gotten much, much better. You also have Daniel Jones playing the best football of his career, going up against Jalen Hurts, who's only played in one game since early December. He struggled against the Giants. He's not going to be 100%. Um, So I am going to take the Giants to cover the 7.5 spread against the Eagles. Damn right. Back on New York, baby. I never left
1: unless you've listened to the show more than for more than 8 minutes. For everybody out there, Matt has been terrorizing and putting down the ju- the Giants the entire year. That is very true. But that you is know true. what? Flip-flop. I'm fl-
2: Yeah, flip-flop. I'm the hypocrite. I'm a sports coward. I'm all the things you hate, but I'm back, baby.
1: Brian Dayball. Yeah. Absolute guy. Coach of the year. He's air. a legend. Yeah. So, if there's any coach that's going to lead a team, Hell yeah. he will do it. That's right. You're going dogs. I'm going with the favorites. Right. Miles Sanders, over 65 and a half rushing yards. Book that against the Giants. Dexter Lawrence is going to kill him. Are you sure? No. <laughs> Mounted bass, but mount, massive bounce back for Sanders this weekend. After only recording 33 rushing yards against the Giants in Week 18, Eagles are going to turn this around. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith may get covered. Eagles running backs have rushed for 10 or more yards on 13% of carries this season, tied for third best. And the Eagles, they run the ball a lot, 38% of their plays. So Sanders, production, absolute high. Giants, they're hard to guard the run, but I'm seeing it. They're going to do it. Wink Martindale's going to kill him. Are you sure? Gonna, yep,
2: kill him. Leonard Williams is going to eat him up. The linebackers, most of them who I didn't know until a couple of weeks ago, beyond be on Thibodeau, are going to kill them. Anyway, good job by you. So you're taking the favorites with your prop bets. I'm taking the underdogs with my picks for the Saturday games. We'll do the Sunday in a little bit. But the Leafs are taking on the Winnipeg Jets. Dave Alter, who covers the team, his latest article, talks about are the Leafs tough enough once the playoffs start. We'll ask him about that next right here on Gameplay. It is the Battle of Canada tonight in the NHL. In one corner, the Toronto Maple Leafs have 61 points in 45 games. In the other... The Winnipeg Jets have 59 points in 45 games. A Jets win, and Winnipeg is tied with the Maple Leafs for the battle of the top team in Canada, which every year directly results in a deep, deep playoff run and often a Stanley Cup win. Joining me now to talk all things Maple Leafs from inside the Maple Leafs, it is David Alter. David, good afternoon. Thanks for joining the show today. Thanks for having me on, Matt. How's it going? Everything is fantastic, um, and a lot going on with the Maple Leafs. But first, we'll start with your column. We'll start with your column. Um, cool. You you wondered aloud, are the Leafs tough enough? And this was in you know the last couple of games. Things have been a little bit more spicy, a little more physical. You you quote uh, Austin Matthews for admitting that he's been trying to hit a little bit more. A little bit more. Um, what are your thoughts um, first on if you believe the team is tough enough?
3: Yeah, I think I think they are, I, and I I preface the question, or I guess maybe not a preface, but even at the end, saying it, it all doesn't really matter if they're not as tight defensively and they're not getting the good goal timing and all the other things that have made the Maple Leaf so good this season. Um, but yeah, there there certainly is a time when the the pace of the game changes, and when I was in Boston it was probably the most replicating of what a playoff game would feel like under this group. And you saw more jawing, more more battles, more uh kind of guys in people's faces and extracurricular activities, and it seemed to give the Leafs a bit of a lift. And then that carried over into Florida when you saw someone like Michael Bunting step into Austin Matthews defense, even though Matthews was perfectly fine in that situation. Um Bunting stepped in there and, you know, the extra pushing and shoving and all those things that do come while trying to monitor discipline are important. Those are those are the things that I felt in previous years uh, other teams did well against the Maple Leafs. And so it's, not, it's just one ingredient. It's not everything. The Leafs still have to play to their game and, and what makes them really good. But I've noticed a bit more of an edge in this team. And some of the other new acquisitions have also stepped up and made it feel more like a team that can be intimidating and, and really kind of rise when the bell is rung. And so I think that's important. Oh, yeah. And, and the
2: funny thing is I bet the pushback is going to be from probably a very specific demographic. that will be like, get out of here, caveman. The problem with the Leafs is the star <laughs> players only score one goal in game sixes and sevens of the playoffs. But the toughness issue is a real one. Otherwise, why would Wayne Simmons still be on the team?
3: Yeah, there's certainly an element there. I mean, he is brought in for a very specific role, although I did kind of find it peculiar that given that this is expected to be a chippy affair tonight against the Jets, that. It's not going to be Wayne Simmons, but I also think that speaks to the Dryden Hunt, the Jordy Benz, the other guys who've stepped up in that category who can collectively be that guy, but bring all the skill and all, all the other things that come to the game that are necessary to win. So, uh, I think that's really important. All the other stuff with it, when it comes to the analytics, the expected goal shares, the offense, uh, the tight defensive game that the Leafs have been playing, and the good goaltending that they've gotten during stretches of the season, that's that's certainly a priority. But you need to bring a present, a presence. You see that uh, after the big uh, the big shoving match at the end of the second period against Boston, Austin Matthews scores. Yeah, and then he, and he mentions that the fight woke up the team a little bit. And then in that following game against Florida. Same thing. There's more pushing and shoving. Austin Matthews scores, the team is fired up, and it it, it brings them back. It's all part of a story. It's all part of a script that happens between the start and the finish of a game. And so this is a one little ingredient that I think the Leafs are starting to get better at.
2: Dave, you can only pick one, um, and this is a question about the Leafs' defense. Which storyline interests you more? And these aren't—this isn't a massive storyline, but it's one that can have repercussions. The return of Rasmus Sandin, who replaces Connor Timmins, and will play with Jordy Ben. Or just Lilligrin getting another game with Morgan Riley as TJ Brody is suddenly coming back. Lilligren with Riley or Sandine's return? Which one uh, do you have more interest in?
3: Lilligrin with Riley, just because this is something I wondered aloud when Morgan Riley kind of came back in those first two games and TJ Brody wasn't around. But then when. Uh, Brody came back, and then Brody was gone again. They tried Riley Timmons, and Riley had five different defensive partners over that stretch of nine games or so where it seemed pretty clear that when he was playing with Timothy Lilligran outside of Brody that that was the best defense partner, and clearly they've discovered that. They saw that against the Panthers, and they're going with it again, and Sheldon Keith admitted today that he likes the confidence that Lilligren has helped bring in someone like Riley who brings some stability into that role. Nowhere else do you see across the league where your number one guy is rotating with so many different defensive partners, especially coming back from an injury. So it was a bit of a weird compliment that you have that much faith in Riley, but also weird that you're expecting too much out of a guy who's just coming back and the defense has played so well with all these other pairs. You can like Sandy and Lilligren all you want. And that was a, a great defensive pair uh, for when they were playing 3-4. And it's still a good defensive pair for 5-6. But when it's coming at the cost of what you're doing at 1-2, then you have to have the flexibility to break up the 5-6. So they made the right move here. Sandine playing with Ben is interesting. I think that's more of an indictment on Timmins trying to find his game after the last couple of games where it's not gone as well for him. And if he's no. not contributing offensively, then he's not really doing much much of a case to keep him in the lineup. So that, that's just kind of my point, which is keep the 5-6, let it rotate, as long as your 1-2 and 3-4 are stable, and that's what Lilligren brings with someone like Ryrie. Uh I saw this question that my
2: producer wrote, and again, joined by Dave Alter, publisher and reporter for Inside the Maple Leafs, which is part of the Sports Illustrated Media Group. I set the line at two and a half fights tonight between the Jets and, uh, and the Maple Leafs. Are you taking the over or the under?
3: I'm going to have to say under. And the only reason I say under is there's going to be a lot of pushing and shoving, I think, like we saw in that game against Florida. But, I mean, look at what Radko Gudes did. That should have been a fight, and it wasn't because yeah. of Turtles, right? Like, there's going to be so many things that I think would stop a fight from actually breaking out to a fight that I think, two is probably where it maxes out at. Because even though there might be a third, I think the refs, with all the talk about game management these days, are pretty good at just stopping something before that happens once they know it's going to be a problem. Like, I've seen many times where it looks like these guys want to fight before it even happens. A whistle goes, boom, misconduct, boom, misconduct. So that's going to get into, uh, into the way of a lot of the fun on the overs there. So I would take the under for sure. Um,
2: would you take uh, the... Let's see, what's the best way to put this? Um, would you bet, yes, that at some point during the game tonight, we will see Sheldon Keefe's face as red as Rudolph's yeah. nose <laughs> and just yelling and screaming, where it leads to him getting fined, even though Paul Maurice and Daryl Sutter never get fined, but Sheldon Keefe does.
3: Yeah, that's a weird one. I don't know how Paul Maurice didn't get fined for comments when, when he's rehashing something else he got fined for. So yeah. that's, a whole, that's a whole other thing. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think, I think it's fair to say that you'll see some animated GIFs on the timeline of, uh, of, uh, Sheldon Keith today. It just seems to be the way as far as how red, I don't know what the color template is. So, mm. uh, yeah, like that, that part, I don't know, yeah, but, um, I, I, you, you will see <laughs> animated GIFs of Sheldon Keith reacting to things, no doubt, in my mind.
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny. we got to get FanDuel on that to have like five different shades, different different sort of shades of red or red intensity level, which would be something I think that would be a delight to bet on. When we look at these two teams, it's funny. Like the biggest contrast is I think, you know, top to bottom, I would say the Maple Leafs have more talent. But Winnipeg has one of these things that so few teams have these days. They got the workhorse goalie, you know. They they've got the the Justin Verlander. Something we don't see in baseball is that number one starter giving you two hundred plus innings. Hellebuck, what's it, it's it's like his thirty fifth start out of forty six yeah. games this year.
3: It's it's it feels like it's just becoming a rarer thing in the NHL. It is, and you know, I I listened to Rick Bonus uh, answer questions about this, about what's allowed Connor Hellebuck to have success and why they've been playing him for so long, and so. The first part to it is the Jets identified a big problem last year, which was leading to Connor Hellebuck's struggles is that the team was just giving up way too many grade eight chances in the slot in close and pretty much destroying the goaltender's confidence that way. And so when he took over as head coach, the first thing he looked to do is – Limit those and get rid of those. And even if that means allowing more shots from the perimeter, who cares? You know what? Goalies actually love that. Goalies like getting into games early and getting a feel for the puck. And it allows you to stay more engaged in the game. And so you go from that to being able to see more rubber, even though it's all low danger and the stress level isn't as there, that you can feel confident in, in riding a goaltender that way. If there aren't a lot of grade A chances going that way, the goaltender is just stealing the rubber, but he's not as stressed out, and so that in turn allows for more games played. That's a little bit more old school than what most goalies would say now, but you can see the logic that if you're just getting a lot of low danger chances, and, and they aren't these crazy saves that you have to make, and the workload is small, even though the shots are plentiful. Then, then it just allows the goaltender to stay in the groove and keep playing. And so, I think that's why, what's made the Jets successful, and why they're an anomaly, why I think um, uh, bonuses of potential Jack Adams Trophy winner <laughs> it's this year it was goalie. <laughs> it's so true. But but just taking, making sure he took out the making sure he took out the grade A chances from yeah. coming close. That was burning them. That was a big thing. And the Jets also have had injuries where other guys have stepped up. They've mirrored outside of the goaltending. They've mirrored a lot of what Toronto's done this year.
2: Dave, as we let you go, people should follow you on Twitter at d alter and for every Leafs game, Dave throws out a player you've got to guess the uh, the minutes the time on ice and uh,
3: and the winner gets, is it still this is it still Starbucks is it still the... it, there's a couple of prizes oh yeah there's a couple of prizes there's that and then there's another one uh, that uh, for in the sports wagering. Uh, realm as well okay well
2: who, who can you give it away now or are you, you holding are you are you waiting till near closer to game time because i've never won the damn thing i've never won never won starbucks once who do you can, uh, you, can you reveal who the player is yeah i actually haven't decided yet who right. should i or like who should it be who do you want it to be not pontus holmberg um i i, <laughs> I, 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 I would that be my first one why don't you go rest with Sandine? go go with Sandine. he's making all right making his I'm return tonight
3: that. oh I, I will do that will right You. you You've got the early head start. Now you really have to
2: win. Take that, everybody. I got a venti coming my way. Um, (laughs) Dave, always a pleasure. Follow the man on Twitter. Read his content. Thank you for joining the show today. You got it. Thanks so much. Take care. That is David Alter, who covers the Toronto Maple Leafs. All right. On, uh, On the other side of the show, why being an NFL head coach has never been so easy. And penis jokes at the Aussie Open. That's next.
1: This is gameplay on TSN 1050. See, that's a cool G, daddy-o-n-a. You gotta let her
2: ride. Embrace the odds. I want winners. TSN 1050 wants Baby you, I wants you to be our unofficial correspondent at the Waste Management Open... In Arizona. So, it's very simple how you win. You're just going to listen to First Up every weekday for the daily waste management keyword. Now, when you hear the word, you write it down. And then you're going to listen to Overdrive. And some point on Overdrive, they're going to give you the cue to call. And then you're going to call in at 416-870-1050. And if you get in and you're the first caller through with the correct keyword that you heard on First Up, boom, you've won a $100 Golf Town gift card. And you qualify for the grand prize draw. And what's in that draw? Well, we're going to fly you to Scottsdale, Arizona. We're going to give you not one, not two, not three, but four nights stay in a hotel. We're going to give you Waste Management Open tickets for the closing weekend. We're going to give you 500 bucks more. Golf Town gift card. We're going to give you a custom full bag fitting at Golf Town Studio X. Sounds mysterious. Studio X. And $500 cash to spend on the trip. Whatever you want. First up with Korolnik and Carl and Koyakovo. They're going to be giving away the grand prize winner on Friday, February 3rd. Full contest details available at tsn1050.ca. How much fun is it being a head coach right now in the NFL? Because when things go bad, all you do is fire the offensive coordinator. I didn't even realize the Patriots fired. Uh, I forgot that they fired their fella. What was that Patricia? And now um, it could be Vikings wide receivers coach Keenan McCardle could get the job. They've interviewed um, offensive coordinator for Alabama, Bill O'Brien. He certainly has a relationship with Bill Belichick. Um, but then you also had the Chargers fire their offensive coordinator. The Ravens fired Greg Roman. That guy had been there for like six years. Greg Roman was very much responsible for helping to install the offense that got Lamar Jackson his MVP. And I, I'm forgetting one. There's there's another team that fired their offensive coordinator. Eh, whatever. But how great is it to be the head coach? It's like, oh, we had a bad year. Eh, us get rid of that guy over there. It's his fault. I'm doing fine
1: over here. There's been a lot of movement already. Yeah, yeah. And the playoffs have there's only been one round, only one round, and you can see the other teams just offloading. Yeah, They're, we're done with this. Yeah, there's a dynamic change. We need it. I feel like I, the Denver
2: must have fired their offensive coordinator. I mean, whoever that guy. I mean, I don't know if it was uh, if it was Nathaniel. I think I think he'd still the head a head coaching job. His name was Nate. Why do you call yourself Nathaniel? I like, get out of here. No one wants. No <laughs> one wants to hang out with a Nathaniel. Imagine that. You're in the cafeteria. Hey, Nathaniel, have you tried the meatloaf? Uh, Or, no, you're like, hey, Nate, you had some lunch, and he comes up to you. Um, That's not my name. No, um, sorry, Josh. Actually, it's Nathaniel. So if you could call me Nathaniel, that'd be great. Thanks. Hey, sorry, Nate. Uh, Can you grab me that? Um, Who's Nate? Are you talking about Nate Jackson, former tight end for this team? Because I'm Nathaniel. Nate, I was just wondering if I can grab it. Um, um, Once again, is is, is there someone else here? Is there someone else in this building? Is the janitor, is his name Nate? Uh, I was
1: talking to the guy behind you named Nate.
2: Okay, because... Not Nathaniel. You're Nathaniel. Oh, thank God. Okay, wait, someone names himself Nate? What a dumb name. You should be Nathaniel. (laughs) Nathaniel. It's like you're eating a a giant. It feels like you're eating a giant mutton leg, and you're you're hanging out with a you know in 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 in
1: in that the old days, like in castles. So I'm
2: fighting Joshua. dragons.
1: Josh was my full name. Yeah. But whenever people call me Joshua, it's like man, it's just Josh. Yeah. So I'm I'm like that as well. Mm-hmm. But. That's that's the reverse. Like, well, I'm Nathaniel to you.
2: See, I, I go I'm Nathaniel, not I'm, Nate. Yeah, no, yeah. You're you're making it easier. Me, I'm versatile. So I'm gonna say Matthew. Great. You want to say Matt? That's fine. What do you prefer? Eh, you know what? I I don't really have a preference. Matthew's kind of a novelty because no one, you know, everyone just prefers the shorter version of anything. Yeah. You know. But uh, bleep you, Nathaniel. Um. Anyway, speaking of coaches. Let's hear from the Ravens head coach. Not talking about the fact they fired the offensive coordinator. By the way, do you think if Lamar Jackson was healthy all the year, do you think Greg Roman sells a job? Think he sells a job? Probably sells a job. Probably not. No, no, no. Lamar Jackson is healthy all year. I think the Ravens offense is better, and then Greg Roman gets to keep his job. Quarterback gets hurt, coaches get fired. Let's hear from uh, John Harbaugh talking about his quarterback, Lamar Jackson.
0: 100 percent, you know, 200 percent. There's no question about it. Uh, Lamar Lamar Jackson is our quarterback. I mean, he's been our quarterback. Everything we've done in terms of building our offense and building our team, uh, how we think in terms of pre- people and put people around him, is based on this incredible young man and his talent, his ability, and his competitiveness. You know, he he and I were talking today too, and and the things about Lamar that to me stands out, he's an incredible competitor. I mean Lamar Jackson. All he wants to do is win. At everything he does, you know. Yeah, he's got a lot of talent. He's a very bright guy. He's got a big heart, but he's just a massive competitor. And that's the kind of guys we want to build this team around. Guys that love football and guys that love to compete. So uh, that's not hasn't changed. It'll never change. We, you know, we. we I've, I've loved Lamar. Eric loves Lamar, and uh, it's not going to change in the future. So, you know. I don't know anything about the details of the whole thing, but I know one thing. I'm like all the fans out there and everybody else. Yeah. You know, I'll have my fingers crossed and my toes crossed, and I'll be saying prayers. And I'm, I have every faith that it's going to get done. And and, uh, and we've got the best people in the world doing it. I mean, Eric DaCosta is nobody better. And, and, and Eric wants him here. I want him here. Steve wants him here. And Lamar wants to be here. Yeah, do you want him here, though, when you get the same guaranteed money that Deshaun Watson? You still want him there
2: as much! Also, the the jerk sports fan goes, You're praying for a quarterback? What am I? You know what I'm praying for? Children never to go hungry. All right. Get it, you hero. By the way, a technical producer, JP from uh, Overdrive, has uh, sent me this tweet from Field Yates. Nine teams are looking for an offensive coordinator. Bucks, Cards, char- Chargers, Colts, Commanders, Jets, Patriots, Rams, and Titans. Let's see. Bucks. Yeah, they need one. Oh yeah, that that was um, just recently Brian Leftwich was let go. Cardinals coach, our quarterback got hurt. Chargers, I don't know how Staley has a job. Colts, horrible quarterbacks. Commanders, horrible quarterbacks. Jets, horrible quarterbacks. Patriots, um, uh, who is it? Bailey Zappi was better than Mac Jones. Rams, Matt Stafford got hurt. Titans, Ryan Tannehill got hurt. Your
1: quarterback gets hurt, the coaches get fired. It's as simple as that. Matt. Mm. Other news from that what? presser, oh. Harbaugh has said Lamar Jackson will be involved in the OC search. That's a mistake. So there you go. That is Another a- domino has fallen and add yeah. Baltimore to that list. <laughs> well, I mean, inv- okay,
2: no, but involved is fine. Involved can be as simple as, hey, here are the guys we're looking at. We'd love to get your input. Do you have any thoughts, either positive or negative, about this candidate, this one, and this one? It should never be like the LeBron James level of, here's who I want, go get him. Don't do that. Next thing you know, Russell Westbrook's making $45 million on your bench. But no, you should. there should be a certain level of partnership between the coach and the quarterback as long as it's not, well, you can tell us who to get. No, no, you can't do that. But you can say, give us a little bit of input. So, Andy Murray... Transitioning to uh, t- tennis, the Aussie Open's going on right now, and you'll know that if you're an insomniac. Um, he was he, he won a match, some epic match against some fellow who I forget because I'm not watching the Aussie Open just yet. Um, and the, the, the reporter was asking him, you know, what is it? Why did you win? And and, and Andy's going to talk about his big heart and uh, just listen to this exchange.
0: Anya, I have a big heart. <laughs>
2: Well, Andy, if I may say, you have big everything,
1: I think.
0: (laughs) I'm not sure my wife would agree.
1: Um, (laughs) That's not what I meant. (laughs)
2: Um. First off, good for Andy Murray. The joke was there, it's low hanging fruit. And by the way, me using the term low hanging fruit, that in and of itself is low hanging fruit. But good. <laughs> Out for, of context, yes. No context. Or in context. It's really dependent on how old you are in gravity. The point here is that Andy Murray, good on him for, uh, you know, just going with the <laughs> that, penis show. This is a five show. and a
1: half hour match. Yeah. It's 4 a.m. Aussie, Aussie time. <laughs> Perfect time. See, but that's the time for the joke. He just joke. wanted to get out
2: of there, but you, he, he's still he's still firing up the jokes. You're tired. You're punchy, and so yes, good for him. I wonder, did anyone reach out to
1: Andy Murray's wife for comment? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. He saw he, he saw it coming, and he and he ran with it. That was like a perfect moment.
2: There's almost no words or expressions you can use that aren't going to get you in trouble, especially when you see something coming. Coming up on the second hour of the show, we got Aaron Schatz who's going to join us from Football Outsiders. That is one of the best guys when it comes to breaking down all things NFL. We've got our Sunday picks and props. Who do we like between the Bengals and the Bills and the Cowboys and the 49ers? But on the other side of the show, we do it each and every Thursday. It is our version of F, marry, kill, and feels like this last segment had a lot more F and less marry or kill. It is start them, sit em, cut em, as long as I've been fired. That's coming up next right here on Gameplay.
0: This hour of Gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app.